Welcome back, Freedom with NFTs. I'm your host, Lauren Turton. I'm very excited about today's episode. Howard Bernstein has been a longtime agent and manager of artists, and he's the co-founder of Attribute. We met last year in Miami during Art Basel Week when I was moderating a panel at Art Tech House, and one of his artists was on the panel. You're a visionary, and you know all is possible in the Web3 space. I welcome you to Freedom with NFTs. I'm Lauren Turton, and in each episode of Freedom with NFTs, I interview NFT enthusiasts who share their tools, tips, and tricks so you can dive even deeper into creating your version of freedom with NFTs and Web3 technology. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday, so hit subscribe so you can stay dialed in to Freedom with NFTs. It's an honor to have you on the Freedom with NFTs podcast, Howard. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. And I really appreciate you having me here. So excited. It's going to be an incredible episode. We're going to get into so much valuable content that's going to help so many artists. But before we do, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background in? So for the last 30 plus years, I've been an artist, agent, and manager representing photographers, artists, street artists, actors, pretty broad spectrum, and representing them in two capacities. One is the commercial capacity, getting them assignments with magazines, brands, and advertising agencies. And then on the other side, working in the fine art area, not necessarily having a gallery, but helping them find galleries, helping them find publishers, and doing pop-ups you know, with some of the street artists. It sounds like you've had an incredible career and you've been able to help so many artists. I'm curious to know, when did you first find out about NFTs? It was probably a couple of years ago, you know, it was in the news and it just started coming up and we really just started following it. One of my partners, Aaron Barr, was very, very interested in it and he really kept bringing it to my attention. Of course, the Beeple sale was the, you know, is like sticking your finger in the socket. It was a huge, you know, shock to everybody's system. Anybody that's been in the art world for a long time that something could sell for that kind of money. We all started to look up. And then in speaking with Aaron, he called me one day and said he bought a board ape. And for, I think around, you know, it was for about $4,000 at the time, thinking back how crazy that is. And when he told me, I thought that that was a crazy number. But what it did for me was make me really want to learn more and understand why he was doing this. And then I started down the journey of really doing so much research and reading and seeing what was out there and investigating the platforms and what they were selling. And then I started buying. I got a wallet. And, uh, you know, I started to learn how to do that and make purchases and follow the Discord and Twitter and the people that I really, you know, was attracted to both doing projects and artists. And then from there, you know, I got really hooked on looking at things like rankings on OpenSea. You know, it almost became an addiction. And from there, my next addiction became looking at people's wallets, which was a really interesting way to see what people are doing. And, you know, it, it was great at first because you'd find really important people to look in their wallet. But then in a short time, it became misleading because everybody realized they were doing it. So if they were doing a drop, they would put stuff in people's wallets that they actually didn't buy. So after a while, that wasn't very helpful. As we started to really dive into this, we started to talk to the artists and then we started to do drops. At what point in time did you say to yourself, we need to start leveraging or implementing NFTs with the artists that you were working with? You know, pretty early on. You know, pretty early on, this was something, you know, 
that we really wanted to do and we wanted to manage and we wanted to help the artists and we wanted to help them navigate this space. And we were spending a lot of time around it. So we started to have the conversations and certain artists became very interested. And then at that time, we started to do more investigations. You know, we started to conceptualize what we could do with the artists, what would we sell and how would it go? And from there, we started talking to all the curators at all the platforms and they're incredibly different you know, in terms of what they offer and what they'll do for you. So we went down that road and then we started, you know, and the best way to get going is to jump in. What advice would you give for artists who are just learning about NFTs? I really think they just need to do what I did. You know, they need to do research and they need to them themselves go through the process and mint something and buy it and see what it's like and follow artists that they really are interested in and see what they're doing. And then I think they really just need to ask themselves a boatload of questions, you know, in terms of why are they doing this? You know, I know it's the creator economy and there's a lot of upside for people that are just getting started, but they need to do it right. You know, what are they putting forward? Why are they doing it? Is it just a few images? Is it a big generative collection or a project they're going to work on? And, you know, getting to understand when you start projects and you do things like that, you're starting a business. It's not just, you know, it's not just a one-off. And so when you commit to a business, you're putting your name behind it and you don't want to let the people that are collecting you or your community down. So you really have to pay attention to it. And then, you know, if they're just really getting started, talk to the platform, see what they're offering, you know, see what the platform's take is, you know, look at the contracts, see how the minting goes on each of those things. Really take a look at whether they will feature you or not, whether you're just going up on the site See if the curators are really, really interested in you. They're going to put marketing behind you. And what is that marketing? And what kind of press are you going to get to actually help you get this thing off the ground? And for any artists who are looking for representation, what is it that you look for in artists that you take on? It's probably not one thing. It's looking for people with probably unique styles that I think make sense based on my experience of over, you know, many, many years. It's really interesting to watch people and where they come from, whether it's education or sometimes in photography, they were assistants to see who they worked with and, you know, really where they want to go, who they reference. And then a lot of time, if we're going to manage somebody, it's a very big bet on who they are and what they're going to become. So it's a big bet on that person too. You want to work with great humans. Mm, yes. You do want to work with great humans. Tell us about any of the projects that you're working on. One of the most exciting projects, you know, we worked on was with Tristan Eaton, the Gemma collection. And, you know, Tristan is somebody that I've managed for over 25 years in a number of different companies. And my business partner, Aaron, really manages him now. But we were really quite involved with it, you know, coming up with conceptualizing what it would be, thinking about how many where it would go. And we put a team together and that's what we've been doing for the most part when we do these things. So if we're doing it separately, we put a complete team together from PR, tech, art direction, creative direction, you know, around the site. So we put the team together and probably for about three months, really, really worked hard by getting this thing together, getting it all set up to what it would be and put a lot of time and energy into the marketing of it. I mean, Tristan was awesome. You know, just in communicating with his community. And that's a really big thing. How to get your community or people that you're talking to to jump in here and to want to be part of it. And I think 
a lot of the street artists that I represent and have represented over the years do have an amazing story. And the story is that they really weren't accepted by the gallery world. So therefore they really had to find their own communities to do things. And so in that, you know, Tristan was very connected to his community and really spoke to them and put it out there. And on the pre-sale, we sold out, I think it was 5,000 NFTs in three and a half minutes. It just went boom. And that was incredibly exciting. And since we've done a whole bunch of things with the community around NFT LA, we did something with Shepard Ferry, where Shepard and Tristan both combined on a piece of art. And if you came to the gathering, that got dropped in your wallet. So we're doing quite a bit. And Tristan has a few new things that he's coming out with. So on top of that, we've been involved with BFF, with Jade Purple Brown. We did the art for that. We've been involved with a number of brands and sports teams like the Mavericks. So it's been pretty busy. We're working on something with Buff Monster, which I think will be incredible. And we've got kind of an animation piece we're doing with a big rapper that will be announced shortly. This episode of Freedom with NFTs was funded through a grant from the NEAR Foundation. To learn more about how the NEAR Foundation is building the future of the creator economy, visit NEAR.org, N-E-A-R dot O-R-G. Ooh, very exciting. Thank you for sharing about the projects that you've been a part of. How about NFT utility? What's some utility that your artists have leveraged or you've seen out there that you could share with us so that the Freedom with NFTs audience could consider some different types of utility to include? I don't know if it's one specific thing. I think it's important to you know, in one, I think like Board Apes has done a really good job with it. Some of the projects out there, they're communicating and making announcements constantly. And Board Apes is not doing that. They're doing it maybe once a month. And when they do it, it's something special. So I really think that you need to not wear people out, you know, on the Discord, but you need to keep in touch with them. And I think letting them know where you are and what you're doing and being involved with them is probably the first step. And then the second step is sometimes just giving stuff away that, you know, you feel is really, really important, you know, and letting your audience have it and bear it. And then it's events. I think there's a lot of events and things like that, that people would want to be included in, you know, whether it's you speaking or meeting you or mashing up with other projects. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm curious to know, is there anything on the horizon for you that you'd like to share with us? Well, one of the things that we're doing is we're going to launch a new agency and I'll disclose that shortly, but we're going to represent some of the really outspoken board apes. And we're going to start with that. And we're going to represent their IP for entertainment and for licensing. And I think it's super exciting because some of them have huge followings and they go under their avatar. And I think there's huge opportunities for these folks as influencers in our world. And that goes for a number of projects, whether it's that or CryptoPunks or World of Women. Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes forth with the new agency that you're launching. And before we wrap this interview up, is there anything else you'd like to share with artists who are navigating their journey? I think there's two really important things to talk to artists about. And this is what I talk to a lot of our artists about. A lot of the platforms are reaching out. They need content constantly. And they're looking to artists sometimes that are well-known that have bodies of work that sometimes are famous. And I think the artists really need to consider whether they release that work or not, because it may still be early. 
in this journey. And so I see sometimes, for instance, you know, I've seen very famous sports photographers release a Michael Jordan image or something. And, but once they release it, that's it. So from their standpoint, maybe it's just, you know, they've been able to capture some money on something they did many, many years ago. And then on the other hand, if you're an artist and you've got 10 important bodies of work, and maybe some of those are in museums, and then you're thinking about putting them up on a photography site or something like that, you might want to think about that because once you do it, it's done. And so I'm trying to get my artists, the really well-known ones, and even speaking to some of the younger ones to think about what are NFTs, what they'll mean to the collector and the community. And I'm trying to get them to create things rather than just bring up stuff that they've done and put it up. So that's one thing. And I think the second thing is something I've really been thinking a lot about and putting a lot of attention to, and that's licensing. And I think that when we talk about minting, we talk about these different platforms, they're all different. And if you buy something on a lot of these platforms and it sells three times and you're starting to look at what rights do you have as a collector, you know? And so it's really important for artists, you know, in particular, to understand that when you buy a board ape, or something similar to that, they gave all those rights away. So you can do anything you want. But when you're buying, you know, a, a high-end artist, you're not often given that. But at the same time, it may not say that, you know, when you look at the simple contract on the blockchain, you may have to revert back to super rare or nifty or something like that to look in their terms and conditions. So I think it's really important because we are dealing with the blockchain that we really start to work on how we mint, what the contract looks like, getting all this information in there. And then likewise, when you do sell licensing or you sell rights to a piece that you own, right now it's being sold off-chain. So you could actually buy a board ape that somebody previously sold the rights to Zara for t-shirts and you would have no idea. So it's really important to try and get this, all this kind of information onto the blockchain and make sure it stays there. One of the slogans that I use here at Freedom with NFTs is get informed and get involved. So I love that you just gave that detailed answer. Before we end this episode, Howard, how do we stay in touch with you? My email address is on Attribute. So you can go to attribute.com and look under contact information. There's my email. That's the best way. Wonderful. And how do you spell Attribute? A-T-R-B-U-T-E. Thank you, Howard. It's been wonderful to have you on Freedom with NFTs. Freedom with NFTs audience, you know the drill. I said it earlier, get informed and get involved. That's all for this episode. We'll see you on the next one. I'm your host, Lauren Turton, and it's been an honor to show up for you in this format and support you on your journey in creating your version of freedom with NFTs and Web3 technology. Please share this episode with your community so we can onboard and educate more people so that the masses can leverage and implement this technology. And don't forget, get informed and get involved.